Hi everyone, welcome to our latest podcast, Coping With Change. Change is a part of our life's journey, whether it's starting a new career, new school, moving house or a relationship ending. Change has the power to challenge our emotions and transform who we are. Today we have Celia Litvin, a clinical psychologist and the founder of clinically proven mental wellbeing app EQ, with years of experience providing counselling and therapy, specialising in clinical psychology, depression and anxiety, and systemic psychology, the science of relationships. Thank you for joining me today, Celia. I'm excited to pick your brain about this topic, as I think a lot of our listeners will be relating to it at the moment with the summer holidays starting and the new academic year just around the corner. Hi, Amelia. Glad to be here. Hi, Celia. So how would you describe the most common emotions we experience when we go through change? As you said, change is really a part of life that we can't escape. It happens um, on small levels every day. It happens throughout our life multiple times. And it is absolutely normal for us to react with strong reactions when change is coming. This could be good or bad. And the way that our brain decides whether change is going to be good or is going to be bad has a lot to do with what we have experienced in the past and how we've been able to deal with it. So a trauma brain will react very differently towards change and see it more as a question of um, risk and fear and threat, whereas um, a, a brain that hasn't gone through trauma and has experienced change as a possibility for opportunities will see it as excitement, joy, um, you know, growth, opportunities, and that really depends so the way that your brain reacts to it. And if your brain is tending to see it more of a threat, then that will come along with the feeling of a lack of control um, and anxiety and a lot of other unpleasantly experienced emotions that can, if they're not managed properly, lead to mental health issues. So I would say that in general, we're probably looking at a split of 20 to 30% of the population really struggling with change and 70% um, looking at it saying, okay, this is a new part of my life and um, I am looking forward to it. Of course, it also depends on what the change is. So if you're moving into a new house or you're getting a new job, this could be very positive. If you're being dumped or someone died or you're being evicted, that is obviously something negative that will be um, followed with negative emotions. Okay, so can you provide an example of how emotions caused by negative change, shall we say, um, can have a poor impact on your mental health? Well, let's say, for example, you lose your job and you know that the market for jobs or finding a new job isn't doing very well. Maybe also you don't have a lot of um, experience or you have experience in the past that was really hard to find a job or maybe your friends are talking about it so then you kind of go into a risk and threat hyper mode and that means that comes along with focusing on the negative and risk prospects of the situation and that of course then comes with a emotion so if you look at losing your job and possibly not finding a new one not being able to pay your bills that would be something very negative and scary so you are anxious about that and if you are anxious about it you um will start feeling it will go through every other part of your life so you're going to be able to concentrate less sleep less if you sleep um poorly then that's going to have an impact on the way you can concentrate finding a new job and all these things they kind of can spiral out of control if they're not managed properly and 
sometimes these negative emotions are actually good because it is a scary thing and we should be have heightened um, sense of threat and we should get activated to look for a job so it's not all bad but the way we react to say okay oh wow I really need to like get going and you know update my resume and get calling and that energy that anxious energy is used to get forward that's a good thing if you just spiraling you can't move and you're stuck then it's actually something that's very negative for your mental health so you're saying that we shouldn't be disappointed that we're feeling these negative emotions and we could actually use them to be productive yes absolutely and that that's what you just mentioned is practically a, a secondary appraisal of emotion so let's say you're a very confident person you lose your job and then you get anxious about finding a new job or your life situation and then you get upset about being anxious <laughs> or you get sad about being anxious and that just adds another layer of um, mental stress to your overall situation so I think when you get to a situation of um, change that is coming from a threatening place, like losing a job or losing a loved one, then you, the first thing that you should actively try to kick in would be self-compassion. Say, okay, this is going to be really hard. It's okay to be in a bad place for a while. It's okay to be scared. It's okay to be mad. It's okay to be sad, whatever it is. And let's just make sure that we find our way out of this situation somehow. So would you say that that is your number one tip on how to navigate these emotions successfully? Yeah, self-compassion is always the way forward, I would say. <laughs> when, when we speak to clients, it's it's really funny how warm and kind clients who will, you know, go over and beyond to help a friend and they will see other people and treat them with compassion and understanding and empathy are so hard with themselves and so sometimes I have to say okay just imagine you are your best friend or you are your daughter or you are a loved one right and if you if they lost their job or if they got dumped would you be like saying oh how could you lose your job are you stupid <laughs> no of course not you'd be very compassionate and you'd be very empathetic and it takes that kind of like mental gymnastics for them to be able to use self-compassion for themselves so I definitely say step number one is just to get into a space of safety within oneself, like the safe space that people talk about these days in, in social settings. Do it for yourself. Make yourself a self uh, a safe, safe space. Okay, amazing. So do you think that there's a difference in our reactions to a change that has been planned far in advance versus a change that is happening when you least expect it? Yes, absolutely. Um, I think if you have time to plan, and possibly if you're a structured person as well, well, this this everything comes with caveats, right? So if something is long time coming, it's change, and you're not a structured person, and you don't know how to prepare yourself, and you do not have the tools to prepare yourself, then it could be just kind of like this impending doom coming your way, which is not positive or empowering at all. Now, if you see something coming, and you're able to uh, plan ahead and you're able to you know develop tools and you know activate your resources be it money be it family support be it um you know maybe from the government or something like that then there's a sense of control which is counter to anxiety and the the, the fear and the threat of um the coming change so i i do believe that in general if if you have skills being able to prepare for change is always going to be better then, you know, you waking up one day and your partner saying, sorry, um, I fell in love with my aunt's cousin's best friend. 
<laughs> you're like what that I think you don't you can't prep for that so I would I would say that being able to prep usually is a bit better than not being able to prep I'm glad that you finished the sentence of my... <laughs> yeah I know I was like wait a minute no that's maybe not fall in love with your aunt that's not a good thing <laughs> I think it'd be really interesting to know if you could tell us um a time where you struggled with change and how you overcome overcame emotions well, I, I would have to say that I usually have a very positive change mindset. I see it as opportunity. I get excited about it. And I I actively start looking for all the wonderful things that are coming my way. So usually change is something that it might hurt for a moment. And then I'm like, okay, plan B, plan C, plan D. And it's, you know, that's the way I'm wired. I guess the the biggest change issue, issues that I've had in the past were with, um, losing a relationship and then going for something that is comforting safe most of the time it's beautiful if you're in a good place to being all by yourself is is very hard and I think the very first breakup that I had it, I struggled a lot and this sounds this sounds a bit sad in a way but <laughs> empowering in other ways is that each breakup that you have will theoretically allow you to understand, okay, I'm going to be in a really bad place for weeks, maybe months, but I survived it in the past and I will survive this too. And then what can I learn from it? Like, where do I need to work on myself? Where, where do I need to kind of like understand and learn from the choices I made with this partner? Why did it break up? What could I have done differently? All these things are theoretically gifts that you can take into a new relationship saying, you know, after healing, obviously. So I, I think that was my my biggest struggle in the past of being alone in that void, because there's always this one person that you can call and there's always this one person you can come home to. And when that is gone, this feeling of aloneness is really jarring. And then after a while, you start to realize, wow, I've been all day alone. And I actually enjoyed it. And then you remember the next time you have a breakup, I, there was a time where I thought I would not survive this. And then a couple of months later, I didn't think about him for like four hours and it was, I was fine. You know, that that's every experience, every time you go through change successfully, you bring this big chunk of resilience with you for the next time. That's a really positive way to look on things. Um, and I'll definitely use that in my experience of change. Um, so you mentioned resilience there. How do you think that building a strong resilience in yourself plays a crucial part in coping with change? Well, there are so many resilience tools that are just absolutely crucial for being okay with change. So for example, structures and routine. Now, if you lose a job or you are single all of a sudden, or you have to move into a different country and you don't know the culture very well, being able to fall into a structure or routine that you've had all your life is something that gives your life a framework and is very grounding and it gives you a sense of control over your life. So that's a typical um, resilience skill. Um, mapping your resources, understanding, okay, I don't have a job anymore, but I have my, my, my parents might be financially stable, so they might be able to help me or I can live with them for a while or a friend, I might be able to live with a friend. Um, I have a, another friend or an acquaintance who is a counselor for jobs or um, I know there is this website where I can find jobs. Um, resource mapping is very, very good for that. Then there are things like 
being able to take past experience and reframe it as a tool set. Like I just said before, if you survive one breakup, you know that you have the framework to survive another breakup and things like that. So resilience is crucial to be able to get through change and maybe come out even stronger and better. So not just get back, bounce back to where you were before change happened, but maybe even grow in, in that direction. So come out of it and say, this is something that I survived and now I know I can survive so much more because I'm that resilient. So some of our listeners may be going through change and feel unable to speak to anybody about those emotions. Um, so with building resilience, do you think that that is something that a person is able to do on their own without any extra help? Well, um, help is always better. <laughs> you know, I, I haven't, you know, become a therapist for, for nothing if I didn't believe in that. Like speaking to someone that you trust to have your best interests in mind and maybe has a little bit of wisdom um, is always good. Speaking with a therapist or a counselor or a coach is better but if you're by yourself and you don't want to speak to someone there are a lot of resources out there where you can work on your well-being and your resilience by yourself i mean we have a resilience training program that is you know oriented for things like change and um, disruption in one's life um but there are multiple books there are podcasts like this one um, there are a lot of skills that you can acquire by yourself um, but the only thing that I find is a little bit difficult is that there's so much noise about resilience at the moment out there that preferably to get your information, if you want to work on your resilience by yourself, by certified psychologists, look out for words like psychologist, evidence-based, um, proven, clinically proven, these kind of things. Um, and not just, you know, if you walk around your tree in a full moon um then you know your resilience is going to be built like the things i've seen are is is quite disconcerting sometimes so my last question Celia, is if you could give our audience one key piece of advice for coping with change that they may be experiencing right now what would that be well, there is an exercise, a cognitive behavioral therapy exercise that everybody has heard of, and it's almost a little bit like an old story by now, which is a gratitude exercise, right? So you are practically training the brain to find little beautiful bits of life to be thankful about, and it, it kind of retrains the brain to be more positive, and this has been very effective. And you could practically do the same exercise for future events by looking, actively looking and thinking of things to look forward to. So let's say, for example, you, you um, lose your job and that is really, really scary. But at the same time, if you're looking for things to be excited about, is it maybe this is the opportunity to look for the job that you're actually more interested in? Maybe this is an opportunity to get an education in a space that you feel that you have talent in. Maybe this is just an opportunity to be able to sleep in for like half a year or something like that, or start exercising or going to Pilates or something like that, you know? So find things that to look forward to and not just concentrate on all the things that are threatening and scary and really, really bad because they're going to be there anyway. So, you know, give, give your brain something to look forward to. And, and that really works. It can practically reprogram the way you see that situation as an opportunity and not as a life-threatening um, uh, incident. 
Thank you, Celia. That was really insightful. Make sure you subscribe to our podcast as in the next coming weeks, we'll be talking more about change and transition into university and colleges, as well as our new topic, body dysmorphia. If you have any topics that you would like Celia and I to talk about, please get in touch and we look forward to seeing you in the next podcast.